Welcome to the Wisdom Rising podcast. I'm your host, Lama Sultrama Alione, and my goal with this podcast is really to open your own wisdom, to have your own wisdom rising, either through the meditations that I lead or introduce you to, or to the people that I interview that bring wisdom with them in their own voice, in their own traditions. So we look forward to raising our wisdom together on the Wisdom Rising podcast. And I'm so happy to share this with you. So today I thought I would teach on another one of the teachings from the Semde lineage, which is the earliest Dzogchen lineage. Semde is short for Changshub Sem. De means series. Sem is bodhicitta in Tibetan, but in Dzogchen, when, when that word is used in a Dzogchen context, it means our true nature. So it really has a, a different meaning to some degree from the Mahayana meaning, which could be the relative aspirational bodhicitta of the wish to benefit beings like we do at the beginning of our practices. And that relative bodhicitta is enacted through the aspirational four immeasurables, loving kindness, compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity. And then when that relative bodhicitta is taken into action, it becomes the six paramitas, generosity, discipline, patience, meditation, and tsundru or diligence, and prajna paramita, or wisdom paramita. So that's the action aspect of relative bodhicitta. And then absolute bodhicitta is beyond concepts and is our true nature. So this Changchup Sem in the Dzogchen context is more like that absolute bodhicitta level. And there were 21 lineage holders leading up to Vimalamitra and Sri Simha in Tibet. And six were women. And three of those women were prostitutes. And those prostitutes were not in the sense that that we think of prostitutes, but rather courtesans who owned their own land, spoke several languages usually, and were independent women belonging to no man. And they became great Dzogchen teachers. And six of them are here in this series. And so the other three of those women are, are called princesses, not probably technically the daughter of a king, but perhaps. But the word Semo could also be like a sort of elevated daughter, so some sort of elevated woman. And so the one that I'm going to teach today is from one of those women, and her name is Parani. Sometimes it's written Barani, and sometimes with a P, sometimes with a B. So B-A-R-A-N-I. 
And so it, it begins, then the princess Parani received the essence transmission from Nirmanakaya Garab Dorje. Garab Dorje is considered in the Nyingma tradition to be the first human being to teach Dzogchen on this planet. And I say on this planet because according to the teachings, Dzogchen was taught in 13 other solar systems before it was taught here in ours. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so Garb Dorje received these teachings from Vajrasattva. Vajrasattva is a deity, non-human embodiment from the Sambhogakaya, which is the dimension of luminosity. He was enlightened from birth, and he was called the crystal child. At the age of eight, he debated with all the great scholars in Odiana, which is this place that he was born. Odiana is actually really fascinating. It is sometimes said, well, Odiana never really existed on the earth, but there's so many references to this place called Odiana and people going there, like Tilopa, uh, who was the primary founder of the Kargyu lineage. He went, he went to Odiana, according to his biography, and, and, and Guru Rinpoche came from Odiana. So it, it probably was an actual place, and exactly where it was is still being debated. For a long time, it was thought to be in sort of northeastern Pakistan, but now many people think it was actually in Kashmir, because there's a reference to a huge lake when, whenever it's talked about Odiana, it's always a large lake that is referred to. And in Kashmir, there is a huge lake. So what's interesting about it, or one of the things that's interesting about it, is that it actually had its own language. And that language is called the language of the Dakinis. And it's called the land of the Dakinis because there were so many female teachers and women, enlightened women there, that there was a predominance of these enlightened women. And therefore it's called the land of the Dakinis. And in the Guru Rinpoche seven line prayer, we say Kordukandra Mampokor. So Kordukandra means surrounded by Dakinis. Mampokor is many, surrounded by many. And that's in the prayer to Guru Rinpoche. Specifically, it's saying that he's surrounded by Dakinis. And these Dakinis were not just his girlfriends, <laughs> they were teachers. They were his teachers, and he was surrounded by these great women teachers in Odiana. And then he also had an amazing woman teacher in the east of India, one of his teachers, Lake Wano, who we actually have some of her hair in the stupa at Taramandala. But in any case, so Odiana 
was a place, an enlightened place, where there were many great women teachers, including this Princess Parani. And so she, Princess Parani, receives teachings from Garb Dorje, this first human being to receive Dzogchen teachings from Vajrasattva. Usually you hear about his disciple, Majushri Mitra, who was known to be his main disciple, but he had other students, including her. So it says she received the transmission from Nirmanakaya Garbdorje. Nirmanakaya means an enlightened being in this dimension, this, this dimension where you can see, touch, feel, hear in human form. It's the, the word is tulku in Tibetan, and so a reincarnated lama is considered to be a nirmanakaya manifestation. So not somebody who had to be reborn, but someone who chose to be reborn to benefit beings. So Garbdorje is nirmanakaya. So she received the essence transmission from nirmanakaya Garbdorje, and then she asked her brother, Tuo Rajahati, for complete teachings. So we, we, a few weeks ago, I gave the teaching that Tuo Rajahati gave. And so this is going, this is this lineage of 20, 21 people. And then Tuo Rajahati summarized their concise meaning and said, Semra Pompo Mepa Darshingipa Mili, not being composed of aggregates, mind neither flourishes nor declines. So this word pongbo in Tibetan or skandhas in Sanskrit means the aggregates of, of our body. And so when we think of what are the psychophysical constituents that we're made out of, we have our actual physical body. That's form and that's the elements. Our body is made out of water and earth and there's air in it, fires, the heat in it, and so on. So that's form. And then we have feeling, this sort of very basic level of, I like it, I don't like it, I don't care about it, neutral. And so form, feeling, and then perception or conception, different people like to the sort of define that third one in different ways. It's the way we can perceive something and then develop a concept of it as a unique human possibility. And then karmic volition, that is doing something, having the idea and then doing it, karmic volition, and then consciousness. So those are the five skandhas, and that's what makes us up. And so what this is saying is not, it's talking about the mind, and it says, not being composed of aggregates, mind neither flourishes nor declines. So this is a really interesting idea, this idea of the unconditioned. In Buddhism, we talk a lot about impermanence. Everything is impermanent. But there's something which is outside of impermanence, and that is the mind. This isn't the thinking mind. It's not the mind that's listening to me right now and 
developing ideas, thinking. That's one of the senses, like hearing, seeing, tasting, touching, thinking. This mind is the awareness that is behind that thinking mind, the awareness of awareness. And so that awareness isn't born and doesn't die. It doesn't come into being and it doesn't go out of being. And this is a very important concept in Dzogchen, that there is something which is ineffable, beyond words, aware, and luminous, which is beyond impermanence, beyond birth and death. And so that's what she's saying. Not being composed of the aggregates, that's the skandhas, Mind neither flourishes nor declines. And then, Semlar Keshi Mepe Seichin Che Dume. Since mind isn't born, nor does it die, it can't be killed or cut up. So let's let's sit for a moment with these two lines that I just gave you. I'll read them again. Not being composed of the aggregates. Mind neither flourishes nor declines. Since mind isn't born, nor does it die, it can't be killed or cut up. So let's sit for a moment and let's feel into that mind, the Changchupsam the bodhicitta mind that isn't born and doesn't die. Our thoughts are born and they die. They come and they go. So turn your awareness to look at awareness or experience itself. Awareness experiencing itself. You feel the the vastness, it can't be cut up, it's limitless space. When you enter it, it's a feeling of dropping, dropping in. Usually our our minds are, are kind of stirred up, moving forward, grasping at the next thought. When you enter awareness, there's a feeling of dropping down, resting, resting and widening, widening into limit, limitlessness. So the next line is, Tamche semsu dupe semni chuki ku. Tamche is everything, sem mind. And then, supi dupa semni chuki ku, mind's nature, semni chuki ku is dharmakaya. So that's a big line. Everything is mind. Everything. Your thoughts are mind too. Your feelings, all the phenomenal world, all appearances. Everything is mind. And then, so it's like, it's sort of progressive. It's like everything is mind and mind is dharmakaya. Dharmakaya, one of the three kayas, 
I talked about Nirmanakaya before, Garudorji, this embodiment of enlightenment. Sambhogakaya is the next dimension, and that is, it has form. There are beings in the Sambhogakaya, but they are beings of light, luminosity, like Tara. And by the way, thank you all for doing the 13th Tara for Ukraine. We've now been doing it for a year. And we're, I think, at almost at 10 million mantras that people have c c collected. It's fantastic. And you can learn about that if you look on my Facebook page, Lama Sultramaliani Facebook page. And I think it's also on the Tara Mandala one. So everything is mind and mind is nature, Dharmakaya. So Dharmakaya is formless. Sambhogakaya is sort of moving toward formlessness. It's just luminosity, but it's beings in that luminosity, like like Tara, like Avalokitesavara, Vajrapani, all the all the deities, that's Sambhogakaya. And then Dharmakaya has no form. No form. It's everything. It's vastness itself, open awareness, pure potentiality. And it's called the Great Mother. I'm going to teach a retreat. I just decided in, in Italy in the fall. I've forgotten the dates, but it's toward the end of October. And it's called Resting resting in the Womb of the Great Mother, this nature mind. But I love that idea that it's 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 feminine. Why feminine? It's not feminine like it's a girl. <laughs> it's feminine in the sense of the feminine has the potential to give birth to everything. And that's Dharmakaya. And that's mind. So that's what she's saying. That this mind, which is everything, is Dharmakaya. So let's, let's sit with that for a moment. This mind is everything. It's dharmakaya, formless, pure potential, all-pervading. That feeling of dropping, not falling, but dropping or releasing, is the thinking mind relaxing, releasing. And then you can feel what's under it. Let's just stay in that rest. Rest in that. Mind is everything. Mind's nature is dharmakaya. This is our true home. This is our, our own face that we can't see because it's everywhere. Everything. And then she says, if you realize this, this is the state of enlightenment. It. Let's say that again. If you realize this, this is the state of enlightenment. Enlightenment. We always like talk about enlightenment. It's like such a big deal. Somewhere down at the end of a very long path, we're going to come into a clearing called enlightenment. But actually, enlightenment is probably so simple that we miss it altogether. So present right here, 
we can't see it. So if we let go of that big deal, enlightenment, and we allow our awareness to drop into and rest in its own nature, which is boundless, luminous, unborn, unceasing, can't be cut up, then we're there. So simple. You feel that? If you realize this, this isn't the state of enlightenment. Sanjay Gompa Yin. This is the mind of enlightenment. Shoulders, back, dropping, heart, rising. Yeah. Thank you, Dagmar. Too simple to believe. <laughs> okay. Then Princess Parani entered into the intended meaning or the realized meaning of the expressed. So that's translated as then Princess Parani entered into the intended meaning and expressed it. And she says, I am Princess Parani. So with these teachings, first they say what they've understood from what the previous person said, and then they say, okay, this is what I understand. So now this is her moment. And she says, Changsub semni ke gakni dandrao. Bodhicitta mind is separate from both arising and, and cessation. Bodhicitta mind, and this is in the Dzogchen sense of bodhicitta mind, Changchupsem, is separate from, Jal means separate from, both arising and cessation. Therefore, it's unconditioned. So let's sit with that for a moment. Bodhicitta mind, our true nature, the actual condition. Namkenova Rinpoche called it the state, simply the state, or the primordial state, that bodhicitta mind is separate from both rising and cessation. Kegakni me rankisem tokna. I understand the nature of mind is beyond birth and death. Rankisem tokna. Rang is on mine. Rang or sem. Rankisem is on mine. Ke gak ni me. Ke birth, gak death or ceasing, ni me. Not to. So you could say instead of beyond, here you could say the nature of mind is not to, not birth, not death. So let's sit with that for a moment. The nature of mind is beyond birth and death, not to. The state of the victorious ones of the three times is the mind. So do some Galway, do some the three times is past, present, and future. Galway is a, a short word for Buddhas because they're victorious over the Maras, those that block awareness. So the state of those victorious ones is the mind. That's interesting. The state of the victorious ones the three times is the mind. In other words, 
it is this mind, this Chungchuk Sam, this vast, unborn, unceasing, open awareness that is the Buddhas. That's that's what they are. The Buddhas in past have been that. The Buddhas of the present are that. And the future Buddhas will be that. They couldn't be anything else and be Buddhas. And then her final line is, in the expanse of realization, joining and separating do not exist. Tokpa longna. So just this word long means expanse or dimension. But it has, when you say long, it has the implication of vastness. It's not just space, it's expanse. It's huge, beyond measure. So in the beyond measure expanse of realization, joining and separating do not exist. So it, it keeps talking about these these dualities and that there's something that isn't in those dualities, something unconditioned. And that means that this will be there when you die. And it was there before you were born. There's a Zen calling, what was your face before you were born? That's this. So let's sit with this line for a moment. I'll read it again. In the expanse of realization, joining and separating do not exist. Joining and separating do not exist. Let your thinking mind drop. Rest. Thank you. Yeah, Jody's saying, I experience an understanding, why can't I just relax? Can't I just drop into this? Stay there. Because we have habit-formed tendencies, and it's like a car that is already going, and you take your foot off the brake, but I mean, you take your foot off the accelerator, but it doesn't just stop, because it's got all that energy behind it, and our minds are like that. But the beautiful thing is actually in any moment we can turn and drop into this, fall into it, enter it, because it's always here. It's our true nature. It's not like it comes into being when we discover it. Always, It's always there, always present. So this is Parani, and uh, she was the third of those beings from Odiana. And so I thought before we were finished today, I would answer some of the questions that have come in, or at least one. There's one from Australia. What is my life's purpose and how can I heal from childhood trauma? And then there was another one connected to this. I've been abused for many, many years, forgot a great part of my life. Did a lot of personal work, but I'm not entirely recovered. So the questions are similar in 
that there's abuse. There's another one question here. What mantras or chants can, can support me after getting out of a, an abusive relationship? First of all, I'm so sorry for your experience of abuse and so sorry that humans do this to each other. So unnecessary and there's so many powerful humans that are also abusive. So what can you do about it? Well, first you have to make firm boundaries, create firm boundaries against the abuse, which means don't tolerate it, get help. There are places you can go. And then what I would advise is that you have a therapist and that you do feeding your demons work with that therapist. Feeding your demons is, is a method that I developed from the teachings of Machik Lapton, the 11th century Tibetan woman teacher. And feeding your demons is really amazing. Really big problems like abuse can really be benefited through feeding your demons, especially if you do it with a certified trainer in, in the method. And we have a list of those on our website. And then another thing, another helpful thing in healing from trauma is to recognize that this true nature that we have been talking about today, that we've been touching on, hopefully having an experience of, or at least a few moments of flashing on it, that that true nature is unstained, unstained. So our true nature, our Changchupsem, our bodhicitta mind, this vastness that we have touched on, this vast, aware, all-pervasive, awakened state is unharmed, unstained by whatever abuse you have experienced. So instead of original sin, we have primordial purity, kadak. That's what that means, primordial purity. And so knowing that that is your true nature. Things happened to you, but it never touched that. It can't harm it. And so when you feel that shame or pain of abuse, turn toward this vastness and recognize that this is your true nature. Whatever happened was incidental. It was something that arose and died, and it didn't touch this, can't touch it. And that is yours. That's always there. And our meditation practice is what drops us into that, where we go home. If you have been abused, severely abused, you need support. And if you've been abused as a child, you tend to be involved in abusive people as you 
grow up and get into relationships. And so you need help. So reach out for help in whatever ways you can find in your community, mental health help, and find a therapist. You can look on the Tara Mandala website and um, you can find a, a Feeding Your Demons therapist and do some Feeding Your Demons work. And of course, it's one session. It's not going to make it all go away. But there are now scientific studies on Feeding Your Demons showing that it does make a significant impact when done regularly. So I hope this is helpful to you today. And uh, Dekmar, she says she's a close friend is about to die in the hospital after suffering from an aneurysm, and this help will help her find peace. Yes. Oh, that's really hard. And you can remind her of this too, if she can still hear or he. Yeah, you can remind a dying person of this to rest in the vastness, to rest in their true nature, not to grasp at the body because the body will die. All of our bodies are going to die. They were born and they will pass. They'll fall apart. They might be falling apart at this very moment. But that which created that body, that which allows it to fall away, that awake, luminous, beyond words state is always there. It's always here. Can't be taken away. Can't be harmed. Can be covered up. But we can uncover it. And that's what our practice is. Thank you, everyone. Lots and lots of love to you. And let's take a moment to dedicate the merit of our time together. Gather that merit, which is all the positive energy we've generated as this beautiful community today and offer that out to all beings everywhere. May they realize their true nature. May they know that their own mind is Dharmakaya. Thank you, everyone. And much love to you. Have a beautiful week. Thank you, everyone, for being with us for this Wisdom Rising podcast. May it benefit all beings. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the production team of Wisdom Rising, and also to let you know that if you would like further information on my work or the associated people who work with Tara Mandala, you can reach out to the Tara Mandala website, T-A-R-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A dot O-R-G. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.